Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Library of Erotica. On this podcast, I am inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I shall treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab yourself your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library, and this is Episode 2 And this week, I am going to read one of my favorite erotic stories of all time, and this is a story by Cecilia Tan. Cecilia Tan's a writer, editor, and sexuality activist, and she's the founder of Circlet Press. This was the first press devoted primarily to erotic science fiction and fantasy. Cecilia is in Massachusetts and also writes about baseball, but shouldn't be confused with the writer of the same name who specializes in Asian cookbooks. Um, Cecilia has written a wide variety of my favorite stories over the years, um, but this is one of my all-time favorites, and it came out as a collection of three in a chapbook in, um, 1992, and, uh, the story was written in 91, and it, the collection is Telepaths Don't Need Safe Words and Other Stories from the Erotic Edge of Science Fiction and Fantasy. Uh, in this case, I am going to read Telepaths Don't Need Safe Words. Now, she's also um, graciously agreed to do a reading for us, and there might even be an interview. Um, If there is an interview, that will be available on my Patreon. So if you want to get interviews with authors and you want to get swag and extra readings, and even one author has even offered an ebook to um, my subscribers. You need to subscribe to my Patreon in order to get access to these sorts of things. Um, Otherwise, you will still all be able to access each week's episode where I read a piece of erotica. So without further ado, telepaths don't need safe words. Arson tugged on the leash and gave me a bare-toothed smile insistent and yet as catty as if he had winked. I replied with a sullen look, half a sneer, really, saying with the look what I thought. You know how much I hate this leash, and you know how much I love this scene. He dangled the leash over his shoulder, leading me across an open plaza towards the hall. I kept my eyes down, not out of submission, but to watch his feet. Arshan stands about six foot four, With the leash over his shoulder, I didn't have much room to avoid his long legs. I may have been playing the slave, but the last thing I wanted was to look like a klutz. I could feel him smiling. At the door, we exchanged looks again, and he thought, It's been a while. I know, but I'm up for it if you are, I assured him, making a last mental check on our costumes. He carried no weapon, no instrument, no tool, save pieces of his costume which he had more than one use. We'd worked hard at perfecting it. 
the belts, the waist-length cape, the boots. His colors, as always, were black and dark green. My own costume had fewer elements, just a basic black halter stretched over my breasts and black mid-calf dance tights, bare feet. Oh, and the leash. I draped myself against him as he presented our pass to the doorman. We donned simple eye masks and proceeded down the carpeted hallway. Think people will remember us? The ceiling of the hall is at least 50 feet, perhaps higher, with one long wall made entirely of glass overlooking the Galderan River. Echoes of laughter came down from the balconies on the opposite wall, and crystals and lights and chandeliers flickered everywhere. Arson made his way straight for one of our old friends, Cleopatra. She dripped with black beads, completely covered yet not covered at all, by a complex network of beaded strands hanging in the long wings from her arms and cascading down her back from her black hair. She turned from the conversation when she saw us, throwing up her hands and kissing Arson on the cheek. Arson, you've arrived. We've missed you, you know. And you, Mariah, she added, turning to me. It got very dull here for a while. She sighed, fluttering her eyelids. I love Cleo's act, and she loves ours. Arshan smiled. It's good to be back. Easy for you to say, I said, tossing my head. He turned on me, shortening up the leash and speaking harshly. I am trying to converse with the Lady Cleopatra. Now will you be quiet, or will I have to cut your tongue out? I gave no answer at all, except to nod my head towards Cleo. She smiled. As I said, it was getting very dull around here. We were lounging by the pool later with some people we knew and some we didn't when Arshan slapped me at last. Mady and Bivon had been taking turns whipping Danielle, and when they were done, she thanked them for it on her knees. Gallon, a blonde-haired fop that Cleo favored, started in with, She's a proper pretty one. All slaves should behave so well, don't you think, Arshan? She's very beautiful, Arshan said to Cleopatra. Cleo swallowed a bit of plum. I believe she's for sale. Oh? Gallon sat up a bit in his lounge chair. Mady, how much? Mady and Bivon sat on the grass, coddling Danny between them. No, she's not for sale, Mady said. I'd say she's worth 40000 Gallon continued. Whereas I wouldn't pay more than 5000 for one like yours, Arshan. Not that I would go with you anyway, I replied from where I sat at Arshan's feet. Arshan jerked on the leash. You haven't broken her yet? Cleo laughed. Arshan likes them with their teeth intact. Gallon was unfazed. Imagine that. I think she needs a lesson. I sneered. From you? I'd rather put out my own eyes. Arshan jerked the chain so hard I pitched forward onto my hands. That will be quite enough, slave. He sat up in the lounge chair a little and then settled back, shortening the chain, so I remained on all fours. I can handle her myself, thank you. He smiled obsequiously at Gallon. Oh, it's no fault of yours, I'm sure. Gallon picked up a plum from the bowl between Cleopatra and him. Still, I can see why she's talking back. You don't even have a bat for her. I've never needed one. Cleo applauded the point by tapping her own crop in her gloved palm. Arshan has many methods. Still, I wonder how she would respond to some of mine. Gallon stood, placed himself in front of me, snapped his fingers. Look at me, slave. I drew my eyes up his leg, stopped at his crotch. I let half smile onto my face.
I said, look at me. I am. He lifted my chin with his boot. I held his gaze for a moment, then dropped back down to admire his groin again. There wasn't much to see, really, at first, but as he grew more angry, he grew. I watched the bulge thicken as he made a fist. You have to put fear into her, Arson. Like this, he drew back his foot to kick me. Arson was up in an instant between us. Think again. Cleo laughed, tugging on Gallon's velvet sleeve. No one strikes her but Arson, dear, and she obeys no one but him. Well, what good is she then? Gallon said sullenly, sinking back down into the chair at Cleo's side. I was already holding on to Arson's leg. I let my hands run up and down his thigh. I closed my eyes and rubbed against him with my cheek. That was close. He's obviously an asshole. I'd let you bait him more, except I think he's dangerous. I don't know. I drew my hand between his legs to caress his crotch, letting the heat from his stiffening penis flow into my fingers. Shall I show him what good I am? Arson made some meaningless small talk with Cleo as I came around his leg to kneel in front of him. The loose-fitting pants he wore didn't end in seams on the inside, and Arson never wore underwear. I had his cock in my mouth then. You see, he was explaining, she is extremely loyal and always grateful. I would have added something of my own, but my mouth was full. Using my lips, I squeezed some pre-cum onto my mouth and swallowed. I let my tongue work the underside, the tender cleft, just at the base of the head, until he was having trouble keeping up the conversation. I felt him start to go, his hips beginning to buck, and then I ducked. Seaman shot out over the grass. A fair bit spattered the golden edge of Gallon's green waistcoat. Arson recovered immediately. He grabbed me by the chin and scolded me. He gripped the halter at the center and pulled it over my head with two knots. He tied my hands behind my back, using it instead of rope. Then he knelt in front of me, holding my head still by the hair at the base of my neck, and slapped me with his right hand across my cheek. Do it again, I thought. He raised his hand high this time, and I tried to flinch, but his other hand held me still. Don't you move now, he said, almost growling as he brought the slapping hand down to fondle my bare breasts instead. He squeezed the nipples between the knuckles of his first and middle fingers, then forced my head down to the grass. The blades pricked against my chest, cool and rough. Are you ready to apologize? I'm sorry, Master. You needn't apologize to me. Apologize to this gentleman whose finery you've ruined. I kept my mouth shut. Gallon was on his feet now, towering above us. Arshan stood, picking up the end of the leash again. Slave, he gave it a jerk, and I sat up, but I kept my head down. Slave, he repeated. Screw you, I said. You're pushing it. Maybe I haven't made myself clear, he said, wrapping the leash around his hand until he held me fast by the neck. I think you owe this man something, and I intend to see he gets it. He lay me on my back in the grass, leading me by the neck. Gallon, may I borrow your knife? Certainly. He handed down his pearl-handled dagger. Arson slipped it deftly under the waistband of my thighs, tights, and with one stroke ripped them open from my belly button downward. Uncoiling the leash, he wrapped the other end around my right ankle, binding my foot near my head. The left leg he bound with one of the belts from around his own waist by wrapping my knee to my shoulder. I felt my own wetness drip down the crack of my ass as my pussy was now open to the wind. Gallon, I believe this slave owes you something. 
So long as you do not strike her, you may do as you will. What? I started to object, but Arshan didn't answer me. Gallen opened a cockslet in his own tights and brandished his penis. With pleasure, he said, as he motioned for two male slaves to lift me up onto the table. He pressed the head of his cock against my ass. I will gladly spill, spill some seed in return, he said, and with that he rammed into me. He got about an inch in, holding me by my thighs. His cock was so dry it burned as he thrust deeper in. I saw his face twist and wondered if it was unpleasant for him, too. But then I felt his balls against my ass, and he started pumping. I clenched my teeth tightly, staring him in the eyes as he worked. I don't think he liked that, but it didn't matter because soon his eyes were shut. The motion became smoother as preclum leaked out of him, but I kept my teeth bared and didn't relax. As he began panting, I growled, and he came inside me, shooting hot white blood up into my insides. I looked away while waiting for him to recover. He opened his eyes and nodded to Arshan. Well, he said, his dick still inside me. She is good for one thing. I opened my mouth to speak, but he clamped a hand over it. He pulled his leather gauntlet off the other with his teeth and began stroking my pussy. His index finger probed down between our stomachs. He brought it out from my vagina, moistening my labia with the juices there, then stroked my clit upwards a few times, smiling as I shivered involuntarily. He worked his large, rough thumb back and forth. I tried to fight him, but struggling only increased the contact. My hips began moving with him as I hungrily sought my release. I bucked forward, trying to increase the pressure, when I felt his shrunken penis slip from my ass. "'Oh, looks like I'm done,' he said, stepping back from me. "'I hate you,' I whispered between clenched teeth. With my hands behind my back, there was no way I could finish the job he started. He was laughing. "'The poor little thing. Look at her struggling. Ha!' Arshan released my legs and made me stand up. I trembled, tried to rub against his leg, but he slapped me again. "'Down. You're a mess. I think you need a walk through the pool.' As he led me to the edge of the water, he asked me, "'How are you doing?' Loving every minute. I still don't like Gallon, though. He winked. Yeah, but at least I got the knife away from him. We mingled near the buffet for a while. Arshan picked up bits of bread and fruit. Occasionally he would drop something into my mouth as he made a point or change the tide of a conversation when he wanted me to shut up. My thighs hummed with the energy Gallon had built up. It made me quieter than usual. All I could think about was Arshan's penis, which I had held in my mouth not so long ago. From time to time as we circulated through the crowd, I met the eyes of guests, willing them to touch me. Look at me. How can you resist me? My breasts bared for you, my hands tied, the gaping rent exposing my mound. How can you not bring your hands to me? But they only touched with their eyes, some with curiosity, wish I'd seen that scene, or disdain. Very few were masked like us, I realized. Perhaps we were outdated. Finally bored, I began nuzzling Arshan's shoulder. I rubbed my breasts against the woven fabric of the short cape, feeling the nipples contract to become rock hard. I think the civil unrest will resolve itself, he was saying to a man I didn't know who also had a slave on a leash. The slave, a male, was wearing nothing at all and posed and pranced after his master like a show horse. Arshan held me still with his gaze. Haven't you had enough? No favors for you until I'm finished eating. The other man chuckled. Poor thing, she looks like the hungry one. I tried to rub my head on Arshan's chest, but he backed up a bit. I lowered my head then and went for the man, pressing my chest against his side and begging silently with my eyes. 
Oh, ho, Arson, I do believe you've been depriving the girl. Ah, she gets like this sometimes, uncontrollable, but she hasn't deserved me yet. What shall I do? The man stroked his mustache. Slave, he said to his own slave, kneel. The slave obeyed. To Arshan, he, as his eyes examined me, still pressing against him, I believe we might have some amusement. By all means. Arshan handed the leash to the man who held me from him behind my shoulders. He untied my hands as he moved me forward until I was less than an inch from his kneeling slave's face. The slave licked my stomach. Lie down, he said, pushing me down as he said it. He held my wrists fast above my head and called for two other men to hold my ankles. Two other guests gladly did, spreading my legs in front of the slave. Now, slave, he said, speaking to his own, follow my instructions very carefully. First, run the backs of your fingers up the inside of her legs, but stop about halfway up the thigh. Good. Again, keep that up. Now move forward on your knees. Run your hands up her stomach. Cup her breasts. Take each nipple into your teeth, the right one first. I twisted as he bit, not hard enough to draw blood, but enough to send goosebumps down my whole right side. I moaned when he took the left. Now pinch them both with your fingers. Keep your thumbs over the tips of the nipples. Rub as you would a lucky coin. Ah, she's moving now. Fetch ice from the table. Good. Now take one cube in either hand and hold it against her breasts. Rub. Good. Now with the ice, down the center of her sternum, down to the belly button, slowly now, slowly down the center of her abdomen, stop. Leave the ice there. I felt the cold water melting down over my pubic hair. Now take some ice cubes in your mouth. With a cube in your right hand, slowly draw a line from the floor up past her anus, I shivered again, up to her vagina. Stop. Can you push it in? It is melted already? Get another one. Now, up, up, press it to her clitoris, slave. Don't rub, simply press. I gasped. The rubbing Gallon had given me seemed to flood back into me. I felt my labia swelling and my clit begin to throb under the ice. Now, keeping the ice in your mouth, extend your tongue. Touch her clitoris. The rough surface of the tongue, but as cold as ice, made me jump. The slave began a circular motion with the tongue, then switched to a straightforward lapping. I couldn't stop moving my hips. I tried to pull my legs free. I wanted to wrap them around his head and keep his icy tongue there forever but the men held me fast. I began moaning. Now, slave, please immerse your penis in the ice. After this, he pulled a cock ring from the pocket of his brocaded jacket. The slave had trouble at first, but finally succeeded in putting it in place. Good. I wanted him long and hard and inside me, even if it would be ice cold. The long frozen shaft penetrated my throbbing cunt in one millimeter at a time. I moaned, trying to move up further on his pole, but he kept the distance where he, or rather his master, wanted it. When he was all the way in, they held more ice to my nipples, and then he pulled just as slowly out, iced his cock some more. Then he came back in, slowly, and out, more ice, then slowly in. I thought I would go insane. He tickled my clit with the icy tip, then, and a spasm ran out my spine. So close! Then he plunged into me and began grinding in a wide circle. I moaned loudly but kept my eyes on the man holding my wrists. After all, it was really him fucking me through his slave. 
I imagined it was arson inside me. Then, and I gasped, the slave began pumping in and out of me so fast. I was just beginning to wonder how long he could keep that up when I came and came and came. One leg came free as I spasmed, and they all let go, and I clung to the slave with all my limbs, holding him deep inside me. I rolled him over onto his back and sat up, riding him. I threw my head back and began rocking, pushing immediately for that second explosive orgasm I knew I could have. It blossomed quickly, the energy traveling out my limbs and up through the top of my head as I cried out. I slumped forward, and Arshan lifted me off the slave's still stiff penis. There were people applauding politely, I think. He bound my hands in front of me then and let me lean, eyes closed, against him, covering my shoulder with the corner of his cape. There now, much more docile, you see? So I do see, the man was saying. Then to his slave, well done. He removed the cock ring. He has been instructed not to have an orgasm or ejaculate until I say he may, he explained. I am pleased. We moved off into the crowd then. Thank you, I thought dreamily. You're welcome, but you're not done yet, are you? I sent him the image in my mind of his penis probing the very dark corners of my soul, of the fire spreading up my limbs and back through him with a kiss, building and spreading through every pore in our bodies. In time, he replied, but I think I am going to let one more scene pass. He rarely gave me hints about what he was planning unless that was a part of it all. Yes, I think I'll trade you for someone else for a while. What? Trade you? Arshan, I don't like the sound of that. You can tell me to stop any time. We'll go home. I bit my lip. Not yet. Even through his thoughts, I was unsure if he was serious. Aftershocks from orgasm were making things jump in and out of focus. He held me tight as he led me to a place to sit, a chaise lounge against one wall. When I looked up, he was smiling. It's just that I have a few interests, he thought. Oh, I haven't seen worth, much worth fishing for. He shared with me the image of Cleo, black beads covering them both. Ha! How do you think you're going to maneuver that? Cleo doesn't do public displays anymore. Who said it would be public, but not just now? I'm thinking of more ready game. You remember Moore? How could I forget him? Moore was an old party-goer who had played with us a few times. He had luscious dark brown skin and long black straight hair, but he's... He's here tonight as a slave. I don't think I'll have to trade you for him, but I do want him. I return the smile. Let's go for it. I had to admit, Moore was stunning. I'd always seen him in heavily adorned in black leather, but tonight he wore only body paint in elaborate and colorful designs. His hair drawn back in a long top knot, he seemed a bird out of a jungle paradise, alien and irresistible. His master we also knew, Martin, who had once been a student of Moore's. I suspected this was sort of a graduation gift. Moore's and my eyes met while our masters talked. If I hadn't known better, I would have thought he had me hypnotized. I admitted to myself I wanted him, but he was Arshan's choice. The thought of his body and Arshan's together warmed me all over. A crowd was gathering. Suddenly, Arshan dropped the leash. Martin picked it up, and I was pulled outside the circle that was forming. I resisted the urge to call out to Arsh. I couldn't see him, and a knot of panic started growing in my stomach. I looked at Martin. He smiled, remembering me, and it calmed me. Arshan could take care of himself, but I still wished I could watch. Martin shrugged and let go the leash then, and pushed his way back into the crowd. Free, I lost, I circled the knot of onlookers. I'm not sure when it happened. 
At one point I could sense, even though I could not see, Arshan approaching orgasm. Perhaps it was at that moment when the leather-gloved hands covered my mouth and nose. A strange smell invaded my brain, and try as I could to think, to send a message, I could only slip into the darkness. I awoke what couldn't have been more than a few minutes later. Gallon leered as he closed the last binding on my ankle. I was spread-eagled on a cross in one of the small playrooms. I sensed other people behind me, three, four. From their breathing, they sounded like men. Gallon straightened his gauntlets and crossed his arms. Arsh, Arshan, there was no response. I could sense him fuzzily, no telling if it was the drug that made me weak or if he was just too busy to hear it or both. Like me, he was always weakest after an orgasm. I looked Gallon in the face. What do you think you're doing? He didn't answer, except to pick up a short whip and to come to lean against my side. I was at about a 45-degree angle to the floor. He caressed my breasts with his leather-covered hands, and my nipples stood up defiantly. I didn't have a shred of costume left now. Even the collar was gone. Arson, did you plan this? Arson! But there was still nothing. I cursed at Gallon in Ardrick, now only half-acting. Screw you, he replied, but mildly as he tickled my nipples with the tip of the whip. He ran the leather under my chin, bringing up goosebumps, tickling the inside of my ear, making me shudder. There now, he used the tip like a feather, searching me all over for ticklish spots, until he ended tweaking my clit upward with it, not quite hard enough. I moaned. I was becoming wet. I hoped Archon had set this up earlier. Gallon lifted the end of the X and locked it into place with me parallel to the floor. Twisting my head, I could see the others, three men I didn't know. I was going to hiss at them when I felt the handle of the whip enter my cunt. I looked up at Gallon. The handle was rough, and though I was wet, it did not go in and out smoothly. He smiled as he fucked me with it. It was the smile that frightened me. I tried to read him more closely, but his mind was sealed tighter than shrink wrap. You like that, don't you? He twisted it back and forth, never pushing it far enough in to touch my cervix. Just enough to make me moan again. You like the whip, he said, more to himself than me. He pulled it out then and tasted the wet end of it. Then his tone changed and his smile disappeared. I promised you a lesson, didn't I? You've had your fun, I spat. Let me out of here. Such a feisty act you two have. Let's see how long you can keep it up. He crapped cracked the whip, and I and the spectators jumped. "'If you lay that whip on me, I'll kill you,' I said matter-of-factly. "'Believe me, Gallon, if I don't, then Arson will.' He raised his eyebrows at the use of his name and cracked the whip again. "'Gallon,' I repeated. "'Stop it now.' He circled me, rotated the X again so that I was upright. The blood was rushing from my head as I tried again. "'Arsh, get your ass in here!' I struggled against the bindings but they were as real as they looked. I am going to kill you. And he struck me. The whip lashed me on the chest just above my left breast. Pain and adrenaline flooded me. Arshan! Yes. I tried to tell him what was happening, but all that came through to him was a white-hot burst of pain as I was struck for only the second time in ten years by anyone other than he. Perhaps that got the message through more clearly than saying anything. I was panting. You will die, I said. Gallon lashed out again and again. Sweat broke out all over my body as I thought to contain the pain. I tried to breathe deeply, but I shook too hard. He gave me no respite between strokes. He tricked me, 
cracking the whip into the air sometimes, or raising his arm and then stopping. I did not scream. And then, Arson's voice in my head. The doors bolted. Hang on. Please stop, I was saying. I looked at three spectators. Someone make him stop. One of them started forward, but Gallon cracked the whip in front of them. He struck me again on the cheek. I think tears ran down my cheeks with the blood. Gallon, stop! He was laughing. He let a few more strokes fall. Each one seemed harder than the last, and then he threw the whip down and unsheathed his penis. He pushed the table back flat and stood between my legs, rubbing his penis against the inside of my thighs with his hand. I mustered up the strength to spit at him, and he thrust into me. Still warm, I see, he said as he bucked me vigorously. Trembling, I tried to pretend he wasn't there. I closed my eyes this time. Arshan, we're almost through, he answered. I could almost feel the clenching of his teeth. Gallon must have heard the door be beginning to give, for he redoubled his efforts and was exploding into me just about the time Arshan came exploding through the door. Arshan leapt straight over the table and knocked Gallon flat on his back. One of the spectators pressed the release and tipped the table forward. I stumbled to my knees, shaking life back into my arms. The two of them struggled. I saw Arshan thrown backwards and Gallon stand up. I tackled him in the midsection, forcing him back against the wall, and swept his feet out from under him. Once on top of him, I smashed my fist into his face, and again. I could just drive your nose up into your brain and kill you instantly, I heard myself say, but I'd rather beat you like this. I held on to his collar, lifting him up with my left hand and then beating him down with the right. His face felt fleshy, crunchy, knobbly all at once. I pulled him up to sitting position and switched to back-fisting him, then roundhousing him, then back-fisting him. The resounding smack of meat was all I could hear. Mariah! Mariah! Stop it! Arshan finally grabbed my wrist, and I wondered how long he'd been trying to get my attention. He pulled me off Gallon, and I collapsed, sobbing. Gallon just lay there. He picked me up gently, wrapping me in his cape. I couldn't think at all. I just cried for a while, and he rocked me in his lap, humming a song softly in his throat. He kissed my bruised cheek, smoothing my hair with his hand, and holding me. At some point, I realized we were in the car, the smallness of the space comforting me. I kept my eyes closed as he caressed my face. I kissed him, drawing his energy deep into my chest as I inhaled. I love you was the first thing I could think. I drew him down on top of me then, kissing him and kissing him, not opening my eyes even once. He seemed to touch every part of my body then, the whole and the sore, warm and soft. I felt his skin, the long, smooth plane of his back under his shirt, and the bony curve of his hip against mine. Come inside me, heal me, I said. He held me tightly, arms circling my ribcage completely. He came into me gently, probing as I opened for him. I tucked my legs behind his back, bonding us together, one animal. You make me whole. I felt the energy building in my womb. Our minds open, I shared it. Felt the waves of blood, warm, pleasure, feeding back up into me. Up and up we went, until shuddering and shaking as one we passed the peak and slipped back down into oblivion. As I was drifting into sleep, I heard him say, Now I remember why we stopped party-going. In his arms I smiled. I answered, But now I remember why we started. And so that's the story for this week, Telepaths Don't Need Safe Words by Cecilia Tan. Um, there will be a link in the notes so that you can go and purchase this one for yourself. 
um, and also um, some links to a, a, a number of uh, Cecilia's other offerings because I am sure you will enjoy them. Join me again next week for another installment of Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. If you have a suggestion for the show, an author you'd like to hear, or a story you'd like to hear, please email me at Beth at drlauribethbisbee.press. That is spelled D-R-L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H-B-I-S-B-E-Y dot press. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to my Patreon so that you can get the extra bits of episode, extra stories and um, interviews each week as we go forward. Those are only available to people who join my Patreon. Different things are available at different tiers. And that is uh, patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Have a wonderful, erotic week. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlauribethbisbee.com and drlauribethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, and 7 p.m. BST. That is https colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly forward slash A to Z of Sex radio. See you next week. <laughs>